Hi guys, it's me, comedian Rob Funches. You might know me from At Midnight, Powerless, or the roast of Bruce Pritchard, where I murdered him. I got my very first one-hour comedy special coming out on Comedy Central January 4th at 11 p.m. Watch it. It features the legendary Ric Flair. And I don't know any other comedian or person that can say that. It's just me and Migos. So watch Ron Funches Giggle Fit January 4th, 11 p.m. Comedy Central. Today's episode of What Happened When is brought to you by Fight.tv, which is exactly where you and I are going to be this Friday. Tony is finally here. Wrestle Kingdom 13 is upon us. I know you're going to be watching on Fight. I'm watching on Fight. In the main event, Kenny Omega, Tanahashi, who you got, dude? I got Kenny Omega, buddy. I love him. Man, I, uh, I'm pulling for Kenny, but I think this might be Tanahashi's day. How about uh, Naito and Chris Jericho? You going for your boy, CJ? Of course I am. CJ, you know, the last time I, I saw CJ uh, and Kenny Omega, I thought they had one of the great matches of the year. And who knows? Uh, they may have another one here. I, I will go with. Uh, I, I love how uh, Jericho Duck presents himself during these shows in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Absolutely. I really do. The match you're talking about, of course, with him and Kenny Omega was last year's Wrestle Kingdom. Everybody's right. going to be talking about this year's Wrestle Kingdom. Number 13, you've got tons of other stars, Okada, Cody, the Young Bucks, and all the other great stars of New Japan for wrestling. Don't miss it, man. Fight is the place to see all four hours of the live action, and it's this Friday, January 4th. Go to fight.tv or the Fight app and pre-order the wrestling event of the year, Wrestle Kingdom 13. Now, you can do it on your computer or you can do it on your app, and that's what I do. I've got the app on my Apple TV, on my iPhone, on my tablet. I can watch this thing anywhere, live or on demand. So I don't have to get up and watch it live at 3 a.m. Eastern or midnight Pacific. I can watch it live or on demand, all because I pre-ordered Wrestle Kingdom 13. Do it right now. Fight.tv. You'll be glad you did. Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When Monday on a very special New Year's Eve edition. Tony Schiavone, what's going on, man? How are you? How you doing, Conrad? And uh, happy New Year to you. Uh, we get ready to change the calendar to 2019, and by God, you and I are still together. 
Isn't I'll, that something? I won't talk to you until next year. I know. How about that? Absolutely. I hope uh, I hope you've had a great year at the Conradison and uh, hope you're found. I know it's been a big year for you and hope your family is doing well as you're ready for another year. And uh, to all of our uh, listeners on Patreon who are getting this on New Year's Eve, Happy New Year to you. Uh, for everybody else, well, it's 2019, and uh, thanks for being with us. we got a we got a great year planned. Great year planned. It's great being a part of the Conrad Thompson empire. Oh, whatever. I am excited that we're taking the show on the road. We're going to have a lot of, a lot more live shows in 2019. You and I have some fun ideas and concepts for some different things we can do for the show. It's going to be a heck of a year, but first we wanted to put you guys in the driver's seat. Mm. Normally we fire up the WWE network and we do a watch along, but today, Tony, Mm -hmm. we're going to do something a little different. Yes, we are. Ask Tony anything is what we promoted. And I've read some of these questions and I'm wondering (laughs) what have I done? Yeah. The word anything, right? Yeah. I thought that sounded fun. Yeah. And then I started reading some of the questions and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh no. (laughs) Well, this is kind of an extension of what we do on Mondays on Monday nights, uh, on, uh, you know, with our, uh, live chat on Patreon. So, That's right. you, uh, so this, so for those of you who are not with us on Patreon, this is your chance to ask me a question and I can do my best to answer it. Cause a lot of times when we're on Patreon, uh, you know, Conrad, we talk about, we talk about movies. We talk about television shows. We talk about life. We talk about kids. We talk about grandkids, homosexuality, whenever F runs on. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, we talk about, uh, uh, dogs. We talk about mental health. We talk about Lois a lot. So there's this, so we cover it. We, we talk about, you know, some of my favorite things like comic books and Batman and star Wars and star Trek. And, uh, we do all that stuff. Yeah. So if you like what we're doing today and you want to personally interact with Tony and ask your questions, now we're doing it on. Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday, at least once a week, usually on Monday nights. But today we're doing it on the main feed. Tony, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Cue them up. Let's knock them out of the park. Yeehaw. 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 Yes, I'm ready. Uh, Jeremy Porno with a G wants mm-hmm. to know, is Bad Money Slim actually one of your children? <laughs> At times he acts like it, uh, and, uh, the, as much interaction that I've had with him, you would think so, but uh, here's a, uh, here's a, something that is true. I probably interact with bad money slim more than I do my children. Well, in <laughs> fairness, I mean, with some of those jobber Shivani's running around. Yeah, I know. I understand Ab- why he would. Uh, absolutely. But, and I would have, I would have probably said yes to that. But then I saw Bad Money Slim and the grill and the way he was dressed up at our show in Nashville. And I thought, nah, I'm not going to claim him. You know what I enjoyed about meeting Bad Money Slim? What? That he paid us to be there. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, what was funny is I think you were a little like, boy, he's in full gimmick mode today. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I asked, Hey, are you allowed in your schools? I don't think he knew how to respond to that. I think he thought I was like, I don't think Conrad likes him. I'm just fucking around. 
Uh, a gentleman here named Jay Z underscore Flair wants to know how many share, how many shirts do I have to buy, and which level of Patreon do I have to be on to be able to spend the night with you? Okay, uh, that would be uh, fifty seven shirts, fifty seven, and we sleep in separate bedrooms. On that same line of Jay Z questioning, this is from Jeremy KFC, Popeyes, or Bojangles. Who has the best chicken? Bojangles does. By far. Oh my God. That's the wrong answer. The answer is Popeye's. It is. Yes. You know what? You may be right. Uh, and I, uh, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I've never eaten Popeye's chicken. What? Never eaten Popeye's chicken. I'm... No, I haven't. I've never eaten Popeye's chicken. How fucking white are you? <laughs> Popeye's chicken is the best chicken because it's actually got some flavor to it. It's got some spice to it. They bring the heat with it. Well, Bojangles does too. Nah, Bojangles is for people who look like Jay Z Flair. Okay. Right. First of all, he ain't even really about that chicken life. He 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 wants the Cajun fillet biscuit. Okay. No, right. I, I, the question was about chicken. Chicken. And the best chicken is at Popeye's. Okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Actually. The best chicken is at a place here in uh, Huntsville called, uh, G's country kitchen. Wow. And it is tremendous. And if you're ever here long enough to actually eat a meal, instead of driving in just to dodge Lois and drive back to your girlfriend's house, I'll take well, you. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, repeat that last part. Wait. Wow. I'll take you next time you're here. Okay. Thank you. That was the last part. Okay. Um, Mr. James wants to know, Tony, can you do your impression of Jim Hurd singing the candy man by Sammy Davis jr. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Who can take a sunshine, cover it with dew, put it in your pocket and go do, 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 do the goddamn candy man, the goddamn candy man can. I want a goddamn candy man to hand out candy to the kids and make the world taste good. The candy man makes the goddamn candy makes satisfying and delicious. Talk about your childhood wishes. You can even eat the goddamn dishes. Uh, Medusa writes in the emoji with an eyebrow raised. Scratching okay, oh, hang chin. on a second. Hang on. Are, are these really questions? Yes. Okay. Uh, Jeff Robinson wants to know how much fun did Tony have at Starcast pretending to ride bitch behind Medusa? Oh man, that was a that was actually the highlight of my week. Of the your, highlight of my week. And you, you mean your month? You mean your year? You mean 2018? Yeah. You mean I the essence so. of your being? Yes. And, and you know, and I, I I do need to say that. And she, she knows this and, and, uh, she, she's talked about this, uh, what at her age, it's still, her ass is really still firm. Oh God. Uh, what, what it is. You got weirded out when I talked about, I joked about maybe you had a girlfriend and now you're on here talking about how tight other women's asses are. This is the same show. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm, uh, I know, I know it's the same show, but I was, I was just talking about my friend Medusa. I mean, it's just firm it's just all right let's move along okay shivani rules wants to know how long does tony plan to continue the podcast 
Well, uh, uh, my original thought, uh, question answer would be until I die. Yeah. And th that's the right answer. You know, we go rocket till the wheels fall off. Right. Exactly. Uh, till I die. Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course at my age, you never know when that's going to be. Well, also too, you know, I, I don't want everybody to think that just because you die, the show will end. What mm -hmm. we'll do is we'll just prop you up weekend at Bernie style. Mm -hmm. Keep the train rolling. Okay. And I'll just tell everybody you've Shivani'd. And since it's just an audio podcast, we'll just play clips and shit, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, so, sort of like phony phone calls on Howard Stern, where they make prank phone calls as celebrities, just using clips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what we'll do. We'll do shows with you. Every show will be a clip show. And you know what? Given your proclivity for catchphrases, it should be fine without oh. question. Uh, red, red hall, busher bushwhacker wants to know if offered, would you take the job of radio announcer for the Atlanta Braves? Yes. And, uh, Dan Loftus wants to know how old is bug, uh, bug uh, just turned eight years old and his uh, birthday is the same day as mine. Believe it or not. Isn't that something? Uh, if Klondike bill, this is from Mr. Ooh, la la. If oh, Mr. Bill, Ooh, la la, where you been buddy? If Klondike Bill offered Lois $1 million to take a glass bottom boat ride, would she do it? No, she wouldn't. I don't know. I think she might. She shits on every other idea we have. <laughs> she, she has. <laughs> she, uh, she is very much the prude. At least she comes across that way. But I, I mean, I, I, that, that I ain't true. You told us on your first day, she threw that monkey on you. Now you're yeah. backing it up and saying she's a prude. Well, she's, she's gotten older. I mean, it's been 30 oh. coming on 38 years ago. You just threw a dog halfway across the room. <laughs> sure did. Thanks a lot. DDP yoga. <laughs> uh, no, I threw, I threw him in his chair. See, he's okay. I, he, he seems fine. There's a dog on a coffee table. <laughs> no, it's, he's in his chair on the other side of the coffee table. <laughs> uh, AJ Kirsch, a great friend of the show, writes, Hey, Tony, I'd love to know which matches you didn't or couldn't call that you wish you could have from any promotion or any era. Well, thank you very much for a serious question. Uh, uh and finally. I appreciate that. Took us a while, but we got there. Yeah, we, we got there. You know what? I would have loved to have called the Hogan rock, uh, from WrestleMania match. Uh, I think that would have been a lot of fun talking about the, you know, the history of Hulk Hogan and being in Toronto and. I never got a, to call a rock match. I really think that match would have been great. Would have loved to have been able to do some commentary for Mr. McMahon uh, and Stone Cold, some of that angle, uh, to do that. Would have loved to call a Jack Briscoe match when he was a world heavyweight champion. Uh, and would have loved to have called some of the free birds against the Von Erichs and some of their angles, some of their big matches they had down at world-class championship wrestling. Kevin wants to know you're restricted to one meal every day for the rest of your life. Hulk Hogan's pasta or Elegante's bologna. Hmm. Uh, well, yeah, since I'm on a diet, it's going to have to be pasta. I think it'll be, I think I'd go for the carbs instead of going for the protein. If you know what I mean? Jeff Robinson wants to know who pulled in more women in 86, Ric Flair, Ricky Morton or Klondike bill. Uh, I think Ricky Morton did. Yeah. The phrase I heard was Ricky don't call nothing. I don't even know what that means, but 
Sounds legit. Uh, and I also heard, boy, the Rock and Roll Express, they are big-time fence builders. Roll time. Uh, Adam Rotel, Rotella, mm-hmm. great friend of the show, Mr. NWA himself, wants right. to know, can you talk about your personal philosophy when it comes to play-by-play? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my personal philosophy when it comes, uh, when it comes to play, well, I have a philosophy for different things, uh, for baseball, it is to be relaxed, but still be exciting, uh, and try to be the eyes of, uh, of the listener. What about wrestling wrestling? Uh, try to be, uh, passionate, uh, try to be genuinely excited about what you're watching. Uh, and try to be entertaining. What are you looking for from your color commentator? Go in the weeds, please. Every detail will help. Oh, wow. Uh, first time I'm looking for a guy who doesn't have a big ego. Sure. Uh, I'm looking for a guy who, uh, is, is a very, uh, easy to work with. In other words, uh, it's just very friendly, very nice. And, and I've, I, I don't think. I don't, you know, I can't say that, uh, you know, I did work with some guys who had big egos, obviously, but, uh, who they be, were all right. Who, who well, I mean, Dusty had a big ego and Bobby had a big ego and Jesse had a big ego, but they were established stars. So they, they could do that. Uh, but, uh, I'm also looking for a guy who is not afraid to talk. I want them to talk. I want them to, uh, to let their personality come through. I, I really do. I, I, the, the fact that Tony Schiavone wants to be the one talking all the time is bullshit. I want, I want be to be able to play off them or them to be able to play off me. I, I think it's important for them just to talk, talk, talk. And I, and I keep telling them that I said, and I, I tell all of them like, I, and I told Matt Stryker this and I told Rich Bocchini, I said, when you got an idea and you want to say something, say it. And if you go, if you want to say something in between everything I say, please do it. I think it, it makes for a good team. Here's a fun question from Jay Ward. When you were doing wrestling shows in Chicago, was there ever a discussion to have Harry Carey possibly join you on commentary for a match? Uh, yes, there was. We, we did not, we weren't able to work that out. We did. And I guess Jay realizes this. We did go out to uh, Wrigley field and I did a couple of on cameras with Harry Carey. Um, but uh, that's as far as it went because, you know, Jack Brickhouse did a lot of stuff with us as well. Uh, and, uh, was Harry, had, was Harry up for it? Uh, apparently, uh, he was not up for it. Okay. No. He thought maybe but, it would hurt his credibility. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I, guess. Wasn't, I wasn't saying that to be funny. I mean, I know a lot of guys don't want to venture over into the sports entertainment lane. They just want to do traditional sports. I wasn't mocking that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that would be a good question. The, but the fact is that Jack Brickhouse did a lot with us and, and Jack was before Harry, the voice of the Cubs. Uh, I don't think that that was the, I just think Harry didn't have time for it or didn't want to fool with it, but he was nice enough to do on cameras with us. And that, that to me, that was great. First time I remember we were at, <laughs> we were at uh, Wrigley and it was early and it was like batting practice was going on and the cam- we had our camera crew, Neil Pruitt. Uh, was there with us and we were on the field, beautiful day. And I got on the field and introduced myself and Harry walked over and said, okay, uh, do you have any beer sponsor aside from Budweiser on your show? 
And I said, I don't think we have any beer sponsor. He said, good, because I cannot be on a show that has a beer sponsor other than Budweiser. I said, okay. So apparently he had a, uh, he had an exclusive with Budweiser. Good for him. Yeah. Chris Marino wants to know what's the best weapon used in a WCW hardcore match. Uh, the best weapon, uh, well, I'm trying to go back and think now of, of some of the stuff that, uh, that Terry Funk had used. It, it still has to be a, a, a steel folding chair because you can swing it. Uh, it's light based kind of basically light and it makes a great sound. And if you're swinging it at the head of Ming, you really swing for the fences and you can see the dents in it and it really makes an impact on the match. I didn't expect a real answer there. Um, the Sikkim wants to know mine is a two part question. Did you ever have any working history with Joe Petticino and how in the world did he land his wife, Bonnie? Yeah, I, the, that's a good, the second question is a real good question because, uh, Bonnie was, was always just very, very pretty. I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to answer that question. Okay. Um, without ever meeting him, I can confirm that Joe Panasino was a hell of a salesman. <laughs> you don't get to be this fat and hang right. out with women that good looking. Right. Unless that dude can sell. Yeah. And I'm uniquely qualified to answer that. So I'll take that part. But did you ever work with Mr. Panasino? Did a couple of things with him. As a matter of fact, uh, Jim Hurd wanted to use him. And we did some, we had some things It may be, I'm sure it's on in the library there somewhere, uh, stuffed in, uh, Stanford, Connecticut, but he wanted a herd, wanted to use Petticino and he wanted to call him the fans, man. We'll call him the fans, man. And he'll answer the fans question. We'll put him in the stands. We'll have him interview the fans. Fans like Joe Petticino. And, uh, and you don't think they did. I, I just, it didn't work or it was just like everything else. We let it go for a little bit. And then we said, that's nah, enough of that. Wooby wants to know, is it true that Lee Marshall would watch wrestlers shower? No, I don't know where he got that. Uh, crimson mass 49 wants to know, does Tony secretly want to see the baby's arm one last time? No, I don't. A seven year old baby's arm. 69, 69 year old baby's arm. No, I don't want to see it. I've seen it. You know, it's like, do you want to go to Mount Rushmore again? Oh, I've seen that. Do you want to see the, uh, cliffs of Dover in England? I've seen that. I, I don't need to see it again. I, the it's, cliffs of Dover. Uh-huh. The white cliffs of Dover. That's not, it, a, it, that's not a sentence I expected to hear on the show tonight. I, it's, it's, it's emblazoned in my brain, you know? I, I can close my eyes and I can see what Mount Rushmore looks like. And unfortunately I'm one of the many people who can close their eyes and see what, remember what the baby's arm looks like. I feel like you should do like a police sketch of it <laughs> late to the nitro party wants to know what did Jimmy Valiant smell like? Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy smelled like, uh, he, uh, smelled like cologne, a lot of cologne TSCFD five, seven, Zero six asks okay. if you could go back and call any one show, what would it be and why? So not a match, but a full show, a full show. 
First of all, change your Twitter uh, name. My God. Uh, let's see. Let me come up with something simple, like Captain America. One complete show, what would it be? Um, it would have been, hey, I tell you, it would have been WrestleMania 6. Because I really think that had I called play-by-play for WrestleMania 6, I would have stayed at the WWF. Really? Yeah, I think so. Why? Because I, you know, what, you know, one of the main reason was that we left was because Lois wanted to come back to the South. However, she would have stayed had I, had I really pushed it, she would have stayed and made it work. And had I done the WrestleMania six, uh, you see, I, I, I think I've talked about this before. I really thought that I had fallen out of favor with Vince and he really didn't want to use me anymore. And I thought he was, he continued to, to cut back what I was doing. Uh, to the point to where I had a feeling he wasn't going to use me as an announcer anymore. However, if I would have called WrestleMania six, well, first of all, I would have called a WrestleMania, uh, which would have been a big deal. Had I done that, uh, that would have been a big deal. And I would have gotten the feeling that I was going to be used and probably would have stayed. So what you're saying is to recap, Lois ruined your life, not only personally, but professionally as well. Uh, there's some truth in that. Uh, Will Tyner wants to know Enzo Amore was one of the best on the mic in the WWE and was extremely over with the fans, but he was mediocre in the ring and had a lot of locker room heat. Mm-hmm. Who was the Enzo Amore of WCW? That's a good question. Um, uh, well, I would say uh, Terry Taylor, but I, Terry wasn't that good on the mic and he wasn't over with the fans. No. Yeah, and that's true. Buff Bagwell? Uh, Buff Bagwell's another one. Yeah. I think so. Good uh, answer. Tuesday Night Dynamite. Great name, by the way. Right wow. then. What was Paul Jones's Amway pitch? Uh, Paul said, uh, you, uh, you seem like a pretty smart guy. And I went, thank you. We, were, we, we had breakfast together, and we were in this, this place in Charlotte. And he said, I, I've got some, uh, I got some paperwork I want you to see. And, uh, I want you to, I want you to consider some things. So he walked out to his car and he got out of a briefcase and he showed me this paperwork and his head Amway on top of it. And immediately I knew, fuck, it's an Amway pitch. Uh, and he was telling me how much money that I could make. And then if I got more people to, to sell stuff, the, the regular Amway pitch, and I did, I, and my response was the basic response that you, you give to anybody. I mean, I should have said, you know, fuck no, Paul. But again, I was new into the business and I knew of Paul Jones and I, you know, I, gosh, I was, I was a fan of Paul Jones. Uh, but I gave the, instead of saying, fuck no, Paul, I said, I need to check with Lois about this. I'll let you know. And that was the end of that. Um, let's talk. This is a fun one. Okay. Anthony wants to know, uh, Mr. Perfect did a semi shoot interview on WCW thunder regarding the death of Rick rude and how pissed off he was that some people made a lot of money with Rick, but didn't go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. Who was he referencing? Yeah. You know, a lot of people would say it would have been Bischoff. Um, but I was told, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever 
talked to Eric about this. I was told that Eric showed up and, and hit, the family didn't want him there. He was asked to leave. Asked to leave. Yeah. So that's not, that's not who he was referencing then. Okay. Bishop uh, went. Yeah. I, I don't know. Unless it's maybe like Flair or, or somebody higher up with Turner or I don't know, maybe Dusty. Could have been Dusty. Uh, because, you know, Rude, you know, was, uh, was with us in Jim Crockett promotions. And, and then of course, you know, through the middle of, of. He's probably uh, referencing the ultimate warrior. If I'm guessing. Oh, he is. I mean, I'm just guessing. Okay. I doubt warrior went to his funeral. Yeah. I doubt if he did either. I, well, why would you guess warrior? Did well, they have, that uh, was his only main event run in the WWF. Okay. All right. Got you. Uh, S 10 W cheetah writes in, would you ever shave your back before a big broadcast just to feel sexier? No, I'd never do that because then if you shave your back, then you got to do it all the time and it gets hairier and long. And I never did have a hairy back. Hairy back always grossed me out. You know I mean? I'm, I'm not Dutch man. Well, who is Dutch Mantel? You know, no one else is. Uh, and, um, I thought you were legitimately asking, like you just forgot who he was. No, I, no. Uh, I know, I know people who listen to his podcast did, they don't uh, WCW Phantom wants to know which episodes of the podcast are your favorites? Which ones did you have the most fun taping? Yeah, I had the most fun taping the, uh, the road trip. Uh, I had most fun taping the, uh, the most fun taping, the Halloween Havoc 95 and the one where you died and the one where I died. Uh, and there's a common thread there. And the common thread is we the were ones per- where you and I are in the same room. That's what I was going to say. We were in person for all those that you named. Yeah. Uh, Ryan wants to know if you could take Francine on a date one night, where would you go? Bojangles. Uh, I mean, are you going to pander to Jay-Z the entire show? <laughs> I tried to get it out of the way right at the top. No, I just thought that, uh, uh, I don't know. Probably take her to a strip club. Oh my gosh. Craig Olney writes giant haystacks, Yokozuna and Jim Cornette all eat a Mexican buffet and walk into the restroom. Only one stall is available. What's the order of usage? Mm. Well, the order of usage is Cornette first because he seems he's smaller and he seems to shit quicker. It seems to go through him. Uh, who's the other two? Oh, haystacks Calhoun and Yokozuna. Okay. Uh, I think Yokozuna's next. Uh, and then you, you follow with Haystacks Calhoun because Haystacks is going to take one of them old, good old country shits that takes a long, long time. A country shit. I hadn't. Good old country shit. Yeah. I feel like Cassio knows what we're talking about there. Yeah. Dusty used to always say, I got to take a good old country shit. E Rock wants to know did or do you do anything special to look after your voice? Hmm. Uh, now I, I, I do go to, and I haven't gone in about six months, but I do go to the place here in Atlanta called the Emory voice clinic. Uh, and I go there, have my vocal cords checked out, uh, basically on a yearly basis. Uh, and then they, they also have a, a speech therapist there that gives me, um, warmups to do for my voice. And it's warmups that. Sometimes I forget to do them, but basically every time I do MLW, uh, I, I do these warmups, uh, and it, it's like the uh, voice therapist told me that she said, you know, these, uh, your vocal cords are just like, uh, what an athlete would use to, 
to run or to lift or whatever, and they always warm up, you need to warm up too. So I do uh, do some of those. Uh, I also, when I, uh, when I start to feel like I get a cold or getting stuffy or something, I use uh, Flonase. And I also uh, take a lot of vitamin C. And uh, sometimes I take the, uh, there's a, I can't even remember now what it's called, but there's a, uh, a Zycam that when you feel like you're getting a cold, you take that and it gets rid of your cold faster. It has zinc in it. Let me ask you something. Yeah. You talked about going to a place where they have like speech therapy. The next time you're there, mm-hmm. do you think maybe they could work with you on pronunciation for the words library and restaurant? <laughs> no, it's, it's not, uh, no, no, they're working on, they're working on uh, voice clarity, and they're working on strength of voice. There, they're not working on, you know, pronunciation. How, yeah, pronunciation. How can you pronounce library or restaurant? Restaurant. Uh, ben Ellis wants to know: Did Hulk Hogan coming to WCW help or hurt the company in the end? It helped the company in the end. I, I listen. My God, without Hulk Hogan turning heel or the NWO, we would not have had those great years would not have had those great years in the mid nineties. And again, I go back to this. If you want to say, well, Hulk Hogan was here. He had a uh, final say on his creativity. Uh, and it's the reason that you went out of business. And the, the answer to that is bull fucking shit. The reason we went out of business was three letters. T B S. That's why we went out of business. 37 custom toys, right? So you're the nicest guy on the air. Have you ever wanted to blow up and cuss someone out? I just can't picture Tony angry. No, no, I, I really, well, I mean, I've been very angry at my kids, uh, really angry at my kids. Let's talk about that. What was something they did that really pissed you off? Um, I, uh, I, uh, I had a, um, I'm not going to give names here. Okay. Um, but I had one of my kids. It's a job or Shivani. Let's just, I I had one of my kids, uh, have his license suspended. Uh, and I told him and he was going to get his license back. And only thing he had to do to get his license back was go somewhere to go to this place and get it. And I was going to take him and he kept putting it off and kept putting it off. And I said, you got to go get it done. And this was the, this was the SEC championship, the night of the SEC championship game between Georgia and LSU. Uh, so we're talking, I don't know, 2011, maybe 2010, maybe, no, gosh, earlier than that, 2006, maybe. Uh, and, uh, he didn't do it, didn't do it. And the night of the SEC championship game, I mean, I worked the game and I was so tired and, I was like, and I got a call and it was him and the cop pulled him over. And of course they took him to jail because he was driving on a suspended license. And so I went, went to the bail bondsman, picked him up and waited all night for him to come out of jail. And as I'm, as we're walking down the steps of Fulton County jail, uh, he said, are you mad? And I said, keep walking. He said, if you're mad, he said, let's talk about it. 
And I turned around, snapped around, and cut. Don't know what I said, but one of the best wrestling promos that you could ever cut. And loud and pointing. And I guess all the wrestling promos that I had witnessed throughout my years of holding the microphone came to my brain and came out my mouth at that time. And there was a homeless guy at the bottom of the steps there. And after I finished cutting the promos, we walked by him and that guy went, hell yeah. So that's the maddest I've ever been. How often does that story come up around the Shivani household? Like during the holidays, we don't bring it up at all. Oh, it's still sensitive. Oh yeah. Yeah. To him it is. Oh man. Shouldn't tell me that should not have told me that. <laughs> Cause he know, he knows he made a, a, a bad mistake and, uh, not he's as, really not as bad as you did by sharing that story with me. Cause now <laughs> I might have a shirt for that shit. This coming up at every live show where it's roll tide, man. Jesse wants to know worst match you ever called. Well, wait a minute. He's a great kid and he's turned his life around. Yes. And that was one of the, uh, one of the great moments or bad moments. Great moments. <laughs> great moments. It was one of the moments. Let's not put an adjective in front of that. You said great. Not me. Okay, there you go. Now, what's the next question? I don't know. Something about worst match you ever called. Worst match you've ever called? Probably anything well, with Van Hammer. Uh, yeah, Van Hammer would have been uh, would have been uh, up there. Uh, Van Hammer and uh, uh, well, Van Hammer and anybody. Hey, uh, also there have been some real, and I'm not going to name names because it doesn't matter. And you, if you watch it, you'd know. There have been some real stinkers in MLW too. Yeah. Real stinkers. You see, as, as time has gone on here, uh, kids these days just try to do high spot after high spot after high spot, which you can do a bunch of high spots, but you got to kind of tell a story with it. You can't just do high spots for the sake of doing fucking high spots. Uh, so I've called some real stinkers in MLW and, uh, it's funny when you're in the midst of a real stinker match, everybody knows it. Even, even court knows it in the truck. And, uh, it, it's, it, it's not, it's not a secret. You can just watch MLW and say, Ooh, that match sucked. And I'd go, yeah. You know, one of the, uh, fun things about our live show that we just did last month with Bobby Eaton in Nashville is backstage. You know, I realized this is the nicest guy ever. He has nothing bad to say about anybody. Right. And I said, Hey, who was uh, your favorite opponent to work? And why was it Van Hammer? And everybody <laughs> laughed and he did not. And he said, Oh, he wasn't bad. <laughs> I know. And so then I said, okay, seriously, I was saying that to be funny. Who is the worst wrestler ever? And he said, well, it wasn't Van Hammer. And I said, who is it? And he said, well, I don't know. You know, I could just tell. Uh-huh. He was not going to poop on anybody. And then I no. said, what about P and news? And he just immediately pointed at me like, Whoa, how did <laughs> you just get out of my brain? Boy, what, what are you doing in there? Now he never said P and news was the worst. He no. just pointed at me like, Whoa, <laughs> getting too close. <laughs> uh, you're right. Uh, there should be more Bobby Eaton's in the world. There really should. Paul Whitney wants to know, did any nineties performer do more with a could be lame gimmick than disco inferno? Mm, No, I, that's a good, that's probably a great statement. And I would say, 
no, I don't think anybody could have done more with a gimmick like that than Disco Inferno. He was made for that gimmick, Glenn was. He was absolutely made for it. Although, you know, Glenn loved the business so much and had such, I always thought he had a good uh, head for the business that he could have made anything work. Um, so, hey, uh, uh, quickly, just came to my brain, Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, their second match may have been the worst match I've ever called. Great American Bash 91. Did you call that one on the scaffold with uh, PN News and Steve Austin? No, I think JR called that. Let's talk about. Um, Not sure. Jacket Harder wants to know what was your favorite memory of Miss Elizabeth? Um, okay, so I'm. Uh, we're leaving this party and we're in a limousine. And it's just me and Elizabeth because she wanted to get back and I wanted to get back. And I'm sitting there across from her uh, and talking to her. And she's talking about Kentucky basketball uh, and talking about anything but wrestling. And it's a great conversation. And I realize that not only is she beautiful, but she is. And and I didn't know her before then, but I realized she is. One of the, as a shoot, one of the nicest ladies ever. And I remember thinking, what the hell is she doing in this business? Right. She's too nice for this business. So I remember that limousine ride, uh, and, and getting to know her and talking to her and the realization that it's, she's a great person. And that's why, uh, I don't know. That's why, uh, you know, the way she, way she died and the circumstances surrounding that to me are just tragic. Just absolutely tragic. Andy C four, three, four, nine, six, six, four, Oh, wants to know as an announcer, do you prefer the announce desk at ringside or far away? Yeah, I prefer it far away. And the reason is, is we need to be out of harm's way, especially if now there was, there's a certain, certain, uh, coolness about being right in the action. But I mean, for a wrestling match, you need to stay, especially if like if Vader was, was there or doing something, or if it's somebody that I knew, one of my friends, they knew my ring, they were going to fuck with me, uh, at, at, uh, at ringside. And again, you can call a wrestling match. Bob Cottle and I called a wrestling match and I'm thinking of Starcade either 85 or 86, uh, from the back, we did it from the locker room, watching the monitors. Uh, you, you have to, I think as a, as a wrestling announcer, and I, I still do this today. You have to watch the monitor. You don't watch the ring. You watch the monitor. Uh, and so you can watch the monitor anywhere. So to me, watch the monitor in the back and be away from the action where you're not going to get hit. That's the best place to do it. Jeff Robinson has a great question here. Who in MLW right now do you see as a future breakout superstar wrestler? Yeah, it's MJF. Yes, sir. We have the same answer. And I'll tell you what, I was not sold. I didn't get it all the way. And then I saw like an extended amount of stuff on him. And I was like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. And I, I, I just didn't invest a lot of time in it at first, but once I finally did, it was like, okay, I understand what everybody's talking about now. And he's so damn young. 
the idea that, you know, he's barely legally able to drink a beer, uh, in 20 years, if he's still at this, uh, he could still be wrestling and only be, you know, 41 years old. Why not? So yeah, I think that's the biggest upside right now. Yeah, I agree the, the, and also, uh, he, he really lives his gimmick. Um, and, uh, that's pretty good. Well, that's really good. I mean, he's committed to being an asshole, right? Yeah. It's not too difficult for him to be an asshole. Yeah. And you know, yeah, a little prick. Good for him. Uh, Jeff has another question. Instead of, uh, FMK, he'll say kiss, Mary kill. So KMK. So you've got to kiss one. You've got to marry one. You've got to kill one. Are you ready? Oh God. Okay. Go ahead. Jay-Z Flair, Casio kid and lazy ass Matt Coon. Okay. Uh, I would, uh, I would kill Matt Coon. Of course. Okay. Uh, I would marry, uh, Casio. Yes. Okay. And I would kiss Jay-Z. Cause Jay-Z is going to taste like Bojangles. Right. Casio kid's going to keep you laughing. Exactly. And Matt Coon's better off dead. Well, yeah. And not only that. If you hang around Matt Coon for any length of time, you may die. Yeah. Well, not only that, he's laying over on the side. So you think he's dead anyway. That's true. Uh, Jeremy wants to know whose idea was it to have Bozo the clown on a wrestling program. And how did it feel when he threw a pie in your face? It is one of the finest moments of my, my career. Uh, I say that because we decided that we were going to go around and see that's what we did. We saw the sights of of Chicago on NWA pro Chicago. I, I don't know if I'm sure those, those shows are back in the archive somewhere, but we went, went to Ed DeBevix and at Ed DeBevix, a restaurant in Chicago, uh, the waitresses are rude to you. That's part of the gimmick. And we did this thing with this rude waitress being rude to Larry Zabisco, which was freaking hilarious. Uh, and, uh, we went all over, went to Wrigley field. Of course, uh, we, we even did a thing in Chicago traffic where I was driving in Chicago traffic and, and Zabisco was complaining about me driving. Uh, so we did this thing at WGN where I started and I started out at the, uh, we took a tour of WGN and we had the lady at the reception area. I said, hello, I'm Tony Schiavone. She said, oh, I know who you are. Your show is on here every week. And we ended up on the Bozo set. And I, I came up with the idea of, of hit me in the face with one of the pies. So he, you know, he, they fixed the pie up and they told me, they said, when we, when we hit you with the pie, do not breathe in because the shaving cream, if you breathe in heavy and the shaving cream all in your nose, it'll get down and get up in your nose and down your throat and you'll choke. Uh, and so I, I did it. Uh, and I thought it was one of the great things that I'd ever done. Yeah. One of the more memorable things that I've ever done. And it's, you can still find it on YouTube. Uh, somebody, uh, got a VHS of it and put it on YouTube. Uh, and, and what else was great about that was I got to go back into cookie and Bozo's dressing room and talk to them and hang out with them for a little bit and see them away from their, their clown gimmick. Not at, not, I mean, they had the makeup on, but just talk like real guys with the makeup on. I thought that was really cool. And then, uh, we, uh, we hired this guy, uh, to be our cameraman 
uh, and from Chicago. And uh, we, we shot this thing at the Bozo set. And then the union filed suit against Turner Broadcasting uh, because we shot a, uh, we shot a, uh, something on, on the set at WGN without using a union cameraman. How about that? Fuck them. I love you for that. Yeah. Uh, Dan Dean wants to know if one of your kids came to you and said they were taking a job in the wrestling world, would you try to talk them out of it? Yes. Why? It's not a good business. Yeah. You're back in it. Well, I'm not back in it like I was. I mean, I can walk away from it and I can talk shit about it now (laughs) next to you from afar. Uh, well, look, Matt Schiavone wants to get in the wrestling business. Matt Schiavone has been to Stanford. What? Yep. He's been to Stanford. What he's applied that? for a couple, he's applied for a couple jobs with WWE. Yep. Wow. And I told him, I said, listen, you, you I said, you don't want to get into this. And yeah, you know, he's in the television business. He's been at WG, I mean, WG, <laughs> shit. he's been at Fox news for 10 years now. And you know, he doesn't like news and I get it. You know, news is, it's depressing to work in that shit all the time. I mean, he looks through footage sometimes of, you know, real footage of people being shot and footage that we're not able to see on the air. And it's depressing. And I get it. I wouldn't want to work in news either, but he, he's got a good job. He works in the city. And I told him, I said, I said, wrestling is like, man, I said, you would never, I don't think you'd ever get on this level. I said, but if it's Christmas morning and you're opening packages with your family Christmas morning and Vince wants to talk to you and wants you at his house, you got to go. Let me say this. I know that going through the news can be depressing, but it can't be much more depressing than having to watch raw. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. you know, like you can't fast forward. You can't watch it later. Like you have to watch it. Right. That, exactly. Man, God damn. Yeah. Uh, and see, there, there, that's another thing I've got because I do this show in Atlanta. Uh, and you know, you, you put me back in the sport. Thank you very much. And we go over now, we, we kind of go over raw, we go over SmackDown and I can't watch it. So I just watch the top 10 moments on YouTube. Yeah. I wouldn't even do that. Most weeks. Yeah. Dan yeah. Dean wants to know if WWE network called and offered Tony a production job with a big raise, would he take it? Yeah, I would. Wow. All right. Here's another fun one. This is from revisionist booking. Who do you think you could take in a fight? Jay-Z Flair, mm. Conrad Thompson, Dave mm. Silva, or Dave mm. Hancock? Okay. Oh, I could. I know Dave Hancock's a former uh, policeman. Not really. Okay. Uh, but I think just one kick in the nuts and I could take him. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, Jay-Z is uh, legitimately a, a pretty tough guy. You're way too big to fuck with. <laughs> so it's Hancock and then Silva. Well, I don't know. Silva, you start swinging to Silva. You just start laughing and giggling. It gets you laughing. Then he probably beat your ass. Well, here's the thing about Silva too. You know, he lives on the border of Mexico. So, I mean, you fuck with him. You're liable to wake up without your goddamn kidneys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He had one of, one of his kids knife you. Of course they're trained killers down there. Uh, <laughs> Mick Dolman, <laughs> if you've ever made this kids or seen pictures of them, they're the sweetest little, most angelic children ever. And the idea that he's leading like a little gang, like, <laughs> okay, 
Everybody gather around. You have your little switchblade, buddy? Okay. <laughs> On three. One, two. Stab the gringo. Uh, Mick Dolman wants to know, where the fuck is Conrad's six-man tag belt? Oh, my God. My God. I've got... Okay. I Okay. Ready? Ready. Okay. It's the brand new year during 2019. We're going to clean out the attic completely. Oh, we've heard this shit before. Oh, no, we are. We're, we're during... At tw- by this time next year, either you will have your belt or it will be confirmed that I don't have it. This okay. time next year. By this time next year. Boy. There you go. Uh, Mark it down. Mark it down. Mark it down. NW wants to know, if you were meeting Sting for the first time, what would you ask him? Meeting who? Sting. He was a wrestler who wasn't tan. <laughs> I know that. But if I were meeting him for the first time, what would I ask him? That was the question. Yes, sir. God. Uh, what did you think of the Hogan angle? What have you done anything differently? Were you pissed off about it? You thought you were misused. What did you think of the finish of Stargate? That whole mess. That's what I was asking. Scotland Underwood wants to know, what are your memories of Nighthawk Joe Coltrane from JCP? He was only around for a few weeks during the Pez Watley heel turn. And then he disappeared. Yeah. I have no memory of, with the exception of, I kind of remember that name, but once again, if you, if you were, if you left quickly, uh, I don't remember that much about him. Well, how does, how does some of these, how do some of these guys and girls and fans remember this shit? Pick up a great question here from rusty. Who is on Tony's Mount Rushmore of women from the makeup chair? I wonder if that's our friend Rusty from here in Atlanta. Rusty Shackelford. Okay, that's not. I'm going to guess that without question, Medusa and Deborah are on the list. Who are the other two? Terry. uh, Medusa. Terry. Yeah, uh, Terry. Yeah. Who's four? Francine. No, no. You never talked to her. Tell my girls you actually talked to. Oh, the girls I talked to. What was that nitro girl you used to like? Oh, well, uh, tigress. Now the other one, there was, there was one that you always put over and I always forget her name. Uh, spice. Um, another one that I, that I absolutely loved was, uh, was Sean Michael's wife whisper. Oh man. I'm so happy you brought that up because when we were at lunch in Nashville and telling stories and Bischoff had shared some fun stories at a live show in, uh, <laughs> Rochester. And I repeated them to you and we all just sort of forgot her real name and just went with Sean Michael's wife, Mrs. Michael's. I think her real name is Rebecca though. That's Rebecca. Yes. Uh, Rusty wants to know other than on the floor and on top of all the dog hair, where's the strangest place Tony's had to take a dump. Um, well, I was hunting with, uh, hunting years ago and I did take a dump at the base of a tree one time and use leaves to wipe my ass. Another fun one here from Rusty. Where did the phrase in the history of our great sport originate? Was it a line that was fed to Tony or did he come up with it on his own? 
Yeah, I came up with that on my own. Hogan's Thermos, thanks for listening, uh, asks, can you do Samuel L. Jackson from Snakes on a Plane as Jim Hurd? Apparently the Jim Hurd. Uh, it's underrated. It's getting over. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, apparently so. Uh, I didn't see Snakes on a Plane, but I, I guess the... Uh, I guess the, uh, the Samuel Jackson would have said, get these motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking plane. Yeah. But what would, how would it sound? Yeah, heard what yeah. it said, goddamn candy, man, get these fuck goddamn motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking goddamn plane. And by the way, give me a better goddamn angle. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> uh, if VKM called you tomorrow and offered for you to leave Lois for Linda, would you take him up on his offer? No. Uh, Ed wants to know who would you rather do a show with Tony Bruce Pritchard or Eric Bischoff? Uh, probably I'd rather do it with Bruce yeah. because I've done a show with Eric before. Uh, Robbie writes when kiss played nitro, did you meet the band? Oh yes, I did. That was one of the highlights of my life. Andrew wants to know, I bought a t-shirt in July. When can I expect a call? You motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, within the next month, what, what, what's, what's his name? His name is Andrew Campbell. Andrew, uh, thank you very much for getting the shirt. I'm apologize. I apologize that I'm, I'm into the summertime calling it. So I'm six months back behind. I'm into the summertime, uh, calling them. Uh, so that's how far behind I am. I appreciate you getting the shirt and I'm so sorry and go fuck yourself. Jeremy porno with a G wants to know why do you use your middle name instead of your first name? Noah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I just I realized? What? You're Noah, Anthony Shivani, right? That's right. You're wrestling's Nas. You're Nas. Nas. He's a rapper. Maybe you've heard of him. But no, he's I, NAS. Okay. And now you are. Now I'm NAS. I, I think I was NAS before he was. Uh, long before he was. Uh, well, a, a couple of things. I was always called Tony by mom and dad. My dad's name was Noah. So they didn't call me Noah because there had been two Noahs in the house. Uh, Back in when I was growing up, and I'm talking about back in the 70s, early 70s, uh, there was a uh, there was a uh, music teacher uh, because I was in concert choir, a music teacher, and she knew my name was Tony, and she was calling roll one day, and it was Grace Ramsey. Uh, she was a great music teacher, and I never will forget. She cleared. She was calling roll that day, and she cleared her throat, and she went, <clears throat> Noah Shivani. And I went here and everybody, everybody laughed. Hey, Noah, where's your arc? Uh, so I decided, you know, I'll just stick with Tony. So, uh, but now here in 2018, Noah is a very, very popular name. Uh, back in the seventies, it was a very odd name. So yeah. it's, uh, that's why I, I call myself Tony. There was only one Noah and that was my dad. Kenny wants to know, what did you think of the, uh, Kaufman Lawler feud? I thought it was sensational. I actually thought it was so well done, uh, that there was a part of me when I, and I saw it, I saw what happened on the Letterman show 
there was actually a part of me that when they went to break after he slapped Andy Kaufman, uh, there was a part of me that thought, wow, that was real. And then when they came back and Kaufman was screaming at him and they had the black box all over his mouth and whatever, uh, I knew it was a work. But I thought it was. I also can tell you this, that there was, uh, it was so well done that if you saw the movie uh, Man in the Moon, there was a part where they revealed that he and Jerry Lawler were in on it together. You know, they're talking, and then they do the cutaway shot of a guy across the across the table from Andy Kaufman. There were, and I and I went to see it opening weekend. There were people in the in the audience when they did the reveal shot of of Lawler, and they revealed it was a work. There were people in the audience in the movie that went, "Oh, like they thought it was real until that moment," and that smartened them up. There was an audible sigh in the audience that day. That's how well it was done. And not only that, there's, uh, there is a, uh, there's a documentary out about Andy Kaufman. It's I tremendous. It is tremendous. Yeah. yeah. And in that documentary, uh, they, I think is this the same documentary you and I are talking about. They show, uh, Andy Kaufman and Jimmy Hart and, um, Lance Russell between them. Yeah. Oh, that is one of the most hilarious things. And I talked to Jimmy Hart about that. Jimmy said, we couldn't touch each other. Andy's people said, you cannot touch Andy. And so they did everything they could, but didn't touch each other. And Lance Russell trying to hold them off. It's what it's, it's just fucking hilarious. It was great angle, man. Andy, Andy got it. He really did. He, well, he was bizarre. And I guess all of us in wrestling, there's something bizarre about us, but, uh, he got it, man. Frank Johnstone writes, why were you crying in Eric Bischoff's office that one time? Okay. Uh, I had, I had told, I was very angry at Annette and I told Annette to go fuck herself. So Annette called Turner, uh, HR on me and Eric brought me in to his office to tell me that HR wanted to talk to me about the way I've been talking to Annette and it all of a sudden hit me realize I realized that this was one of Annette and, uh, uh, and this is my opinion. Uh, it, it hit me that this was one of, uh, Craig and Annette's, uh, ways of, you know, of, of taking over the company and everybody, you know, falling in line to them. So all of a sudden I'm thinking that she's going to cause me to lose my job and she's going to cause me to, and it, it, I was scared. I was scared. I was going to lose my job, uh, because of a vindictive person and that it would be out of Eric's hands. And Eric assured me that if I go in there and tell the truth, that everything's going to be fine. And I did. And they brought Annette in and I apologized to her. I told her I'll never talk to her like that again. 
and they put something in my, uh, I guess my file and it was all, uh, it was all taken care of. And Annette and I really got along after that, but all of a sudden I'm, I'm in the realization that you talk to her the wrong way. She go fuck with you. And, uh, that was her way of doing it. So you thought that you were justified and and telling a woman to fuck off at that time. I was, I was really, really angry at that time. No, I don't think in, in the, in a, in a professional working atmosphere, I don't think you should do that, but I was, I was wrong in doing that. And I should have apologized to, to her right then, but I had a feeling there was another motive too. What, what, what was the reason for you being so frustrated? Why were you so mad? Well, if I recall, she was working for me at that time. She was actually, uh, my assistant at that time. And, uh, uh, well, she had, she had been my assistant and then she was no longer my assistant. Uh, and she was working for Craig now and she was moving up the ladder. And this was something that happened a long time ago. This happened like a couple of years ago. So it, it seemed to me that she was trying to get back at me for something that happened a couple of years ago, because now she was in a position, uh, working with Craig. Oh, it wasn't a recent thing. She, no, she right. sat on this for two years before she yeah. titled. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So do you, I mean, do you even recall though, what led you yeah. to say that? Yeah. Uh, I, w- I, we had been on the road and I'd ask her to do some work and she never got it done. And she would do that a lot. I'll say, could you please get these formats done, get them ready. So when we get it ready to do on camera and they weren't ready and they weren't ready and they weren't ready. And I just, I'd had enough of it. Why didn't you fire her? You just, it wasn't easy to fire people. Okay. Ted and Lisa want to know, did you prefer the midnight express with Dennis Condry or Stan Lane? Dennis Condry. I like Stan Lane better. See? Well, again, no, uh, uh, no, uh, no disparaging words here about, uh, Stan Lane, but I just remember the first version of Midnight Express and that was my favorite. Mr. Ulala wants to know <laughs> if you could erase one moment from the history of wrestling, what would it be? Erase one moment from the history of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Tony Schiavone going back to WCW. That's, that's a fun one. Hmm. Uh, late to the nitro party wants to know what was Mike today's beverage of choice. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Mike drank beer. I guess, you know, the, the regular beer that, uh, dusty would have and Heenan would have. And Jaron wants to know, what did you think of MIA? Uh, surely did like, uh, Tigress. I thought Ray was a little horny guy. Carl wants to know, uh, by the way, Tigress and, uh, Ray were not an MIA. Just wanted you to know. Oh, they weren't. Oh, they were in, uh, filthy, filthy animals. animals, but you know, yeah. it was your show. Why bother uh, paying attention? I get it. <laughs> well, I like Tylene Buck. Uh, Carl Hayes wants to know what Broadway show would you like to see? Huh? What Broadway show would I like to see? I I've kind of, uh, I've kind of fallen off 
Uh, I'd like to see Les Miserables again. Did you see Hamilton yet? I have not seen Hamilton. No. Why is that not the answer? Uh, okay. I'd like to see Hamilton. There you go. Okay. It's a good show. I mean, well, Lois, but Lois wouldn't go with me. I, I'd see it again with you. I'll go with you. Okay. You know, she's, you know, when they apparently were very unkind to the vice president of the United States. Oh, Jesus. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, Michael Danger Hill wants to know, was there ever that's, a moment but, but, that. Wait a minute. That's her. That's not me. No, I understand. I just don't want to talk about politics. Yeah, I'm with you. Michael Danger Hill wants to know, was there ever a moment that made you throw a handful of papers and say, fuck this, I'm out of here? Um, I'm, I, I, there's been many moments that made me say, fuck this, but no moments to say I'm out of here. Um, there were many times where we got, uh, we got the formats late. There are many times we got the formats as the show was going on. And I would say, <laughs> fuck this. Oh and God. What? The sweaty stallion wants to know. Hashtag ask Tony anything. Do you spread your butt cheeks when you take a shower? <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> what the, what, who's this again? The sweaty stallion. The sweaty stallion. Uh, Hawk, don't answer that. I don't want to know. Just let's leave some mystery to your shower habits. Well, oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it happens so infrequently. We should at least let you have that. You know, <laughs> Hawk fan wants to know, we all know about David Arquette, but how was it to work with Scott Kine on ready to rumble? Scott was, Scott was a good kid. He was okay. He was, he was, uh, he was kind of quiet, but a very nice kid. I, I liked the, I, I liked him a lot. I like, I like he and Arquette and Oliver Platt was a good kid too, man. Good guys. You know, they, and it, it just, it just goes to show you that big time Hollywood stars. And you, you can say, well, they're not big time Hollywood stars, but I think Oliver Platt was David Arquette was in a lot of movies. Scott Kahn played as the stuff, but I, I think a lot of those, uh, big time Hollywood stars, you, they're just regular people. That's their job. They go to work every day and they, they they like, they go to, well, some of them may have, you know, somebody go to the grocery store for them or, but they do things just like we do. And they try to lead normal lives. They're just a little bit richer than we are and uh, a lot richer than we are, but they're just normal people. And, uh, and the, the realization hit that when, when I, uh, when I'm, uh, we're at the hotel before the, uh, before the opening of, uh, ready to rumble, uh, we're at the hotel in LA and somebody called me and said that, uh, David Arquette and Jeff Jarrett are going to go over. Uh, they would do, they did a gimmick where during the, uh, the red carpet where Jarrett hit Arquette with a guitar and they wanted to go over that angle. They wanted me up there to, to work the angle out with them. And so I w went up and I brought Lois with me and Arquette was up there and he was real nice to me and real nice to Lois. And he was just another regular guy. And, uh, that was when I realized, Hey, these Hollywood stars are real people. That's a, that sounds like a silly ass term, but it's true. Uh, Chris Alvin wants to know why can't Georgia beat Alabama? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Well, the, 
The world's not come to an end. Yeah, it hasn't. Georgia's going to beat Alabama. You do know that, don't you? Eventually, yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Saban can't live forever. That's right. And right. as soon as he dies, somebody who used to coach underneath him will beat yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Well, you mean yeah. Adam Bartell wants to know if Magnum TA hadn't had his car crash, how far would his career have gone? He would have been one of the he would have been one of the top stars of all time. Without question. Without question. Yeah, he would have been. He would have been world heavyweight champion. Um, ninety five percent wants to know who is the greatest WCW champion who is a former athlete in the SEC and why is it Kevin Nash? I think the only other answer in there is Goldberg, right? Or did I miss yeah. one? No, that's the only other one. Would you would you agree Kevin Nash was a better athlete than Goldberg? Uh, no. So Goldberg's a better athlete than Kevin Nash? Well, see, you're putting me in a box here. They both were great athletes. How How is it? Oh, you got to pick one, Tony. Come on. No, I don't have to pick one. That's what we're doing on the show, man. No. You no. know why I don't have to pick one? Because the guy's name was 95%. Had the guy's name been 100%, then it, I could have picked one. Greg wants to know, what's the best Kiss album? It's the first one. I know a lot of people say, lick it up. Uh, when they took their face paint off, uh, destroyer love gun, but I still think it's the first one. By the way, the best, uh, love gun is Rick James love gun. Okay. Uh, Chris Robertson wants to know in comparison to Bruce and Eric, why are you the only one that's not full of shit? Because I'm not full of shit. <laughs> you can, you, you pick out people that are not full of shit based on other people that are full of shit. In other words, you see three guys and you say, oh, that guy's full of shit. And you look at this guy, like Bruce Pritchett, that guy's really full of shit. Then you look at me and you say, well, he's full of shit, but not as much. So then you look at me and say, he's not full of shit. We're all full of shit. I'm just full of less shit than them. Boy, this one tickled me. Okay. Charles wants to know, was Lee Marshall really in all those cities he was calling from? Yes, he was. Thank you. What the fuck? Just fucking, let's just, yes, let's move along. Uh, Dustin wants to know, have you approached Lois about breaking the seal yet? Uh, no, I have not. Why not? I just have not done it. What the fuck? What's your, did we create these people, Conrad, or yes. did these people? Okay. Uh, Michael. Uh, wants to know how enormous was Billy Kidman's head walking around the locker room, knowing he was bumping uglies with Tori Wilson. Mm, I, it was, uh, it was enormous. It was absolutely enormous. And uh, it was a, it was a, it was a point of, I guess, envy with many to the point to where he had heat. Robert Rosen wants to know what were some of Tony's favorite matches that he called in the NWA, the NWA. Well, uh, shit. Going to go back, man. Uh, uh, you know, is that a dog barking? Yeah. I'm going to cut a promo in just a minute. Okay. Yeah. See, here's the deal. This isn't even my dog this week. This is my mother-in-law's dog. Uh-huh. Whoa. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, some of my favorite matches to call the dog is not in the room. I'm in, by the way. <laughs> uh, some of my favorite matches to call were 
were actually, believe it or not, some of the matches that we did in the studio of TBS because they were shorter matches. They were get over matches. A lot of times they were angles. Uh, and, uh, like for instance, uh, one of my favorite matches of all time, don't know where it is. I'm sure it's not on the network yet. It may be on the network somewhere was when Ole Anderson was wrestling a job guy. And I, it may have been a tag team match. Ole Anderson was wrestling a job guy and the job guy wouldn't sell, wouldn't do what Ole wanted him to do. So Ole headbutted him. And I mean, headbutted, headbutted the fuck out of him. And it, of course it, you know, the, it rung the guy's bell and Ole and it opened up Ole Anderson's forehead. Of course it had the marks on it from all the blade jobs and we couldn't take a shot. The TBS got off of it. We brought out Arn Anderson to talk about it. Uh, and cause Ole was bleeding profusely in the ring. And that was, uh, one of the Mulkey match, the Mulkeys, when the Mulkeys went over one of my favorite matches to call. So I go back to the days of the old studios prior to center stage, uh, prior to pay-per-views prior to clash of the champions. Those were some of my favorite matches to call. Cause it was about the angles, man. It wasn't about the actual matches. It was about the angles. Sean wants to know, did Jimmy Valiant ever try to slip you the tongue? No, really? Yeah, no, a lot of times, most of the time, Jimmy never really kissed me. Most of the time it looked like he did. Tony wants to know, how did you feel about your chemistry with Jerry Lawler during the very brief XWF tapings? I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. I was, first of all, I was, I was pretty pumped to be able to work with him. And I just thought that, uh, again, I want the color guy to be the color guy. And I want the color guy to, to have his personality, to say as much as he wants. It's, I mean, look, if you've got a color guy who is a, a character, if you will, or a color guy who is a former wrestler like Jerry Lawler, uh, Dusty, Bobby Heenan, um, Jesse Ventura, Dutch Mantel, it's your job as the announcer, not only to get, I think as a play-by-play guy, not only to let the guys in the ring get themselves over, but for the color to guy to get himself over. So that was, I always thought that was part of my job and a chance to work with Jerry, the King Lawler. Absolutely. John wants to know, did Jeff Jarrett ever draw a dime? I'm sure he did. We had a call and ask him, uh, I'm sure he say he would, but Eric wants to know. Is there a Tony Schiavone action figure? Uh, apparently there is. Apparently there is. I got one. Uh, there was one at, uh, at your office one day. Yeah, but that was a custom. That was a custom made. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well then apparently there's not. Uh, why didn't you move into television or movies as a producer? Since that seems to be the job you enjoyed the most in wrestling. Uh, Lack of confidence, uh, comfortable within your job. Uh, I, uh, when I, when, when I left, uh, WWF, WWE, WWF, I really thought I had a chance to move into baseball, which is my first love. Uh, and, um, so I, I decided to go that road instead of doing TV or, and not only that, I, you know, movies is, uh, doing movies and, and I've written a script or two, uh, movies. It's just, I'm, I just don't know if, 
if I would be cut out for the L.A. lifestyle. Or, gosh, a lot of movies are made here in Atlanta. Plus, I'm old. You know, they like the young kids to do that shit. Uh, they like young kids to be writers, producers, directors now because young kids, they feel that they are in tune with the youth and they know what the uh, youth wants, plus they'll work cheap. And that's the key. Kareem wants to know, when are you going to do a podcast with Lois? Hmm. Well, uh, for those of you on Patreon who listened to our last podcast on Patreon, our, uh, our one about sin, Lois and I did a little thing, uh, about a five minute thing, uh, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and thanking everybody for being with us and, uh, for what they have meant to us. And as I'm doing this with Lois, I realize that that five minutes is about long enough with her. I don't think I could do an hour with her. Jarek wants to know, how does Tony feel about Charlotte, who I think is the best worker in the company? I'm curious, especially considering his close relationship with the family. You've seen enough WWE yeah. TV to have caught some of Charlotte's stuff. What do you think? Oh, I think she's sensational. I think not only she's sensational as far as working, but as far as presence, as far as her look, as far as her being able to talk, uh, I, I think she's got it. However, it, there's a part of me that absolutely cannot get over the fact that she's still Ashley. I just, what do you mean? I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just, I remember Ashley was just a wee little kid and it's like, look, I, I remember seeing Ashley in the backstage area. Let's go back to star 93, right? We just did that. And she was back there with her dad, her and her and Reed. And she was just a wee little girl. She was, uh, she was kind of shy. She was very shy. That's what I remember. And then all of a sudden now I see her on TV and I still don't get it. But when, when flair was very sick, you were there and we were both at the hospital and she came up and hugged me and it just, it just, I just blew my fucking mind. It just blew my mind that this athletic, attractive woman with a great personality was this little shy little girl, Ashley. It's just, it seems like that life just went into lightning fast forward mode. And it's like, wow, that just, it's just, it's just different from a, from a guy that, that knew her way back when it's different, but the, the, the flip side of that is I think she's spectacular. And I even, even to the point to where I look at her and I think, God, she's beautiful. And then I think, no, no, don't think about that. That's little Ashley. Don't think about how beautiful she is. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause to me, like you said, she's just Ashley. So right. But right. all my friends in my group chat are like, Oh, you know, oh, being no. dudes. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? I know. Uh, this is a fun one here. Ron wants to know, hypothetically speaking, how many times an episode do you have no idea what Conrad is talking about when he makes a pop culture reference? Uh, well, when it comes to rap music, probably a hundred percent of the time, uh, it depends on what you define as pop culture. I, I think as far as movies and nerdy stuff, I probably do know it, 
But when it comes to like music, things like that, probably a hundred percent of the time. Chris wants to know, have you been approached to do anything with the rumored all elite wrestling promotion yet? No. Uh, Philip wants to know, did Lee Marshall have fuck you money from voicing Tony, the tiger? Oh boy. Did he ever, he made millions with voicing Tony, the tiger, uh, Lee Marshall made millions of dollars just doing voiceovers in the, uh, in the, uh, Los Angeles area. He told me many times, he said, I need to said, I need to get you turned on to voiceover work. He said, it's a cash cow. And now we would go to LA and we would hear, we would hear, uh, his voice on the radio voicing over many different spots, many different commercials. And you get, you know, you get, uh, I don't know how it is now because obviously the, the world has changed with radio, but you know, you get voiceover talent that's put on retainers by, you know, radio stations and you just get monthly money from them, whether you do spots or not. This is a fun one here. Okay. We don't talk about it a lot. You know what? When you say this is a fun one that you never know what you're going to hit me with, but go ahead. Kyle writes, do you have any stories about Vince McMahon's brother, Roderick? No. Okay. Philip wants to know why was DDP built up as this heroic underdog who stands alone for over a year. And when he finally wins the world title, he turns heel almost immediately and creates the triad. Well, I guess you got to ask the booking committee about that. Don't you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, don't. I knew you were going to get there eventually. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I, John wants to know what would it okay, sound like? I can't, I can't answer. I can't answer that. Okay. Whoever was in charge of booking at that time, be it a committee or a person. And it's hard for me to remember exactly who was in charge during that time. That person or those people were fucking overthinking it. And there's a lot of that done in wrestling overthinking a lot of that done. And that's the reason. All righty. A damn good answer. Damn good answer. John wants to know what would it sound like if Jim Hurd pitched the Undertaker gimmick? <laughs> I, that's, I'm telling you, it's over. That's it's Jim Hurd thing, time. man. So we're gonna get this guy, all right? And he's not, he's gonna be like a zombie, and he's gonna be. We we need somebody who's really really big, and he's gonna be into death. You see, and I want this to be the goddamn Undertaker man. And we're going to, yeah, Undertaker, that's right. And we're going to have this little round guy. We're going to paint him up white like a ghoul. And he's going to walk around with an urn of ashes, all right? And he's going to take these ashes and he's going to spread them everywhere. And he's going to talk like, well, he's going to kind of talk like between Lon Chaney and Boris Karloff. And, uh, you know, the guy that played uh, Dracula was uh, Bela Lugosi. He's going to be like kind of like him. Okay, and we're having come to the ring and we're going to also have these matches where we're going to dig up dirt and we're going to put dirt in the coffin and we're going to throw him in the coffin. But every time he's going to come up and you're going to think he's down, it's like you're going to think he's dead, but he's going to pop up like a zombie would pop up. And the only way, you know, you can kill a zombie is by shooting him in the head. We're not going to shoot him. In, well, maybe we could shoot him. No, we're not going to shoot him in the head. But here's a good match. We'll have this guy, the, the goddamn Undertaker, we'll have him uh, wrestle Quasimodo. And here's the deal with Quasimodo. He's a hunchback, and you can't really pin him. So he would try to pin Quasimodo, but he can't pin him because he can't get his shoulders down because he's got the goddamn hump. 
And so now what he'll do is he will take a bite out of him, and then Quasimodo would become a zombie as well. So we'll have a tag team called The Undertaker and Quasimodo, and then we'll have this guy, this little round guy, follow him around with an urn. So God, go goddamn and book it right now. Benny uh, wants to know how many 20 year old kids does Wildcat Willie have out there after all those co-ed <laughs> nitro parties? <laughs> great Who question. asked that? <laughs> Who uh, asked? Benny. Uh, you know what? <laughs> that may, uh, Benny, Benny, Benny may be, uh, may be uh, a Wildcat Willie's handle. <laughs> on social media. Uh, Michael wants to know, uh, do you think you belong in the hall of fame? And if you get your opportunity to go in, who do you want to induct you? Okay. Um, I don't think I belong in the hall of fame, yes, although that is, that is a, that is a contention with a lot of people who follow me, especially follow us on Patreon. Yeah. They all, yes, you should be it. Of course. We all agree. Okay. Uh, are we talking about the WWE hall of fame? Yeah. All right. Well, the person who should induct me into the WWE Hall of Fame is Conrad Thompson. Shut up. Yeah, it is. No. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't do anything. You, the, it's for your wrestling <laughs> career, not your, listen, if you go in the podcasting Hall of Fame, shout me out, but no. the wrestling Hall of Fame, come on. So if I, so if I approach you, say Conrad, I'm going in, you'll say no, find somebody else. Oh no, right? I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to be all over that TV. Okay. I'm going to strut that ass. I don't care. <laughs> Um, and one of, this is from Will, it's a great question. And one of Eric's early 83 weeks episodes, he mentioned a name I'd never heard Tony refer to before Jeff Carr. He worked for Turner broadcasting and was known simply as the wrestling expert, basically because he read a lot of dirt sheets. Any recollections or stories about this guy? Yeah. I, I, I we always kind of laughed Jeff Carr off we, uh, Jeff Carr was a guy that because he read a lot of dirt sheets and because he, uh, and because the Turner people said, okay, yeah, you read the dirt sheets, you know, about wrestling, you kind of like oversee it. He really thought, he really thought that he was in charge and he really thought in the early days that he could go into a studio and could, uh, uh, let's see, what's the word I'm looking for. Could have the final say on Dusty's booking decisions. If he didn't like that on TV. He wouldn't go put it on TV and Jim Crockett and Dusty finally said, you know, this guy, you know, he can come in here and he can, uh, represent Turner, but he is not going to have any decisions creatively, creatively on our product. So we all kind of just kind of laughed him off. And, uh, Chris wants to know who was to blame for Tully and Arn being underpaid in 88. Letting them walk was incredibly stupid. Well, it was Jimmy Crockett. He was the one that came. He was the one that, uh, in came fairness, because they didn't have the money. I, I know a lot of people, you know, are right. upset because, oh, well, this guy was getting such and such. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which means they didn't have it anymore because they'd already That's given it all away. That's right. Um, Neil wants to know why did they turn Muda in 89? He was awesome and over. Yeah. I wasn't there in 89. I can't answer that. And I agree. He was awesome and over again. It goes back to what I'm saying. Sometimes you overthink things. Nick wants and to know, Tony, what are your favorite baseball books? 
Uh, my favorite baseball book is called A Lefty's Legacy by Jane Levy. It's a, a story about uh, Sandy Koufax. Uh, it is written so well. She's got a new book out called The Big Guy. It's about Babe Ruth. She is such a great it's, – it's amazing. She is such a great baseball writer. Jane Levy. Look up baseball books about her from her. Matt writes, did the short-lived WWA promotion, which aired on pay-per-view, ever reach out to Tony about play-by-play? I've never heard of them. Uh, Vincent wants to know, what what made the Ultimate Warrior a horrible person in your experience with him? Mm. Well, what goes into making a horrible person a horrible person? I don't know. I mean, you you can, you know, there are are just some people who are not good people out there. Uh, He was friendly to me. I didn't have any problems with him. But, uh, I guess to me, what made him a horrible person was the fact that he, he brought Lisa Manning, who was a friend of ours, Lisa Manning, holy shit, Lisa Murphy, not Lisa Manning, Lisa, Lisa Murphy, who was a friend of other families. Are you okay? A, yeah. You're, you're trying to get that one out for a minute. <laughs> who was, uh, uh, Lisa Murphy, who was a friend of the family who babysat the Shivani kids a lot. He brought her out to Arizona, then fired her. Uh, and treated her like shit. Uh, so to me, what made him a horrible person was the way he treated Alicia Murphy. Uh, here's a silly one. William wants to know, is Tony afraid of Conrad? Afraid of Conrad? Uh, <laughs> I laughed. Like, what is there to be afraid of? I don't, yeah. I, I, if I was ever with you and you, and you know, maybe you you would like snap or start throwing shit. I would run. Mike Sloan wants to know, did lightning foot, Jerry Flynn have a low key, big hog lightning foot, Jerry Flynn. Uh, from what I understand, he did, but he was so fast and he could, we could never really take time to see it. Tom wants to know favorite place for a cheesesteak in Philadelphia. Uh, well, uh, what's the place that's uh, down in South Philly that everybody? Uh, Tony Luke's is the big one in South Philly. Okay, that's it then. That everybody stands in line for, wraps around the building. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it like that before. I mean, the the two big like uh, touristy ones are Pat's and Geno's. Okay, yeah, right. And then there's one. Uh, there's a yeah, Pat's. T- Tony Luke's is-, is the deal though. I've, I've I've never had a bad one there. Okay. I don't eat red meat anymore though. You know? Okay. I don't, I mean, I literally saw you eat it a week ago. Where you ordered filet medallions. I watched you put it in your mouth. Yeah, that's right. So I guess this is a new thing. Yeah, no, that's probably the, that's probably the first red meat I had eaten since March. Oh, I see. If Conrad's picking up the tab, bring out the goddamn filet. I got it. (laughs) Well, I had chicken, your ass is over here ordering filet. And then you reveal afterwards. It had been a year since I had steak. (laughs) Thanks for the food, Mr. Thompson. So, yeah. So I'm not having steak again until we go out to dinner again. No, I I gathered that. Okay. I'm getting it. Carlos wants to know what's Tony's favorite Ric Flair promo. Great question. Oh, flavor, favorite Ric Flair promo. God, there's so many of them. I mean, you could just point it. Well, okay. The, my favorite one is the mannequin. Oh yeah. That's great. It is. It is. 
it was it was Ric Flair being Ric Flair uh, to the nth level. It, it was. It was Ric Flair to the power of 10. And it was real Ric Flair meets Ric Flair, the gimmick. And I never will forget him saying in the back, like, we're in the back talking. And he's like, oh, God. Because I remember we, we go to a commercial break. I had to walk in the back uh, real fast to say something to him. He couldn't believe what he was doing. But that, that's the greatest one ever, by far, without question. Andy wants to know, hypothetically, if Nash hadn't beaten Goldberg at Starcade 98, who should have been the one to do it? And when was the right time to do it? Well, I don't know when the right time to do it would have been, but I guess Nash was as good as any, right? At that I, time. I would have had DDP beat him in Halloween Havoc with the diamond cutter. Okay. The diamond cutter was so over. I think you could have had DDP, um, be set up for a spear Goldberg moves, knocks himself silly on the post. And then when he turns around, bam, diamond cutter, one, two, three, schedule a rematch at Starcade two months later. And this time he hits the spear, hits the jackhammer. Goldberg gets it back. It's a little two month run, but he could have done it there. And then at super brawl had the rematch, you know, the rubber match and have Goldberg go over there too. But then he could have gotten three matches out of it and made it matter that he lost instead of, well, yeah, we're going to beat him with a fuck finish with a, a, a shock stick. Right. And then we're going to do a finger poke of doom. Yeah. Right. But what do I know? Yeah, you should have been booking back then. Holy no, I'm, shit. No, I'm I, shit, I would have watched that. I, that sounds great. Let's go. If we had a... Damn, this this is where we need the fucking Marty McFly's time machine. And I'll be Doc Brown. If Will only... You and I go back. If only somebody would start a wrestling company. Uh, wow. Jamie wants to know, who would be your dream commentary team? My dream commentary team. Not with you, but like, you're going to listen. Okay. Uh, uh, it would be Jr. And wow. Uh, Jr. And gorilla monsoon. Wow. I would have gone like 1990 JR with mm -hmm. like 1990 Bobby Heenan. Okay. That would have been great. That would have been good. Right. Carlos wants to know what's Tony's favorite finishing maneuver. Don't say doggy uh, style. Favorite finishing maneuver. Uh, it is, it's the, uh, it's the jackhammer. Uh, Daniel wants to know, why do you put up with wrestling's blowhard rush Limbaugh? That is Conrad Thompson jokes or not. He needs a slap to keep him in line. Really? Yeah. Well, wh what's this guy's name? Uh, Daniel Lassiter. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, uh, I, I appreciate you being behind that, uh, uh, being behind the keyboard saying somebody needs a slap, but if you've ever seen Conrad in a person, he's like six, five, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, seriously though, Wait. I think a lot of people do think that, uh, I'm mean to you on the show and that, uh, 
Um, you know, we're not friends in real life. We really low key hate each other. Yeah. I don't know where that comes from. I mean, we're just busting balls. Yeah, I do. Who knows? Thank you for listening, but f- come on. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Frank wants to know how does calling baseball compare to calling pro wrestling and which do you prefer? Well, I prefer calling baseball and I tell you why, because when I call baseball and I'm talking about currently, well, even since I've been calling baseball, since I started, uh, there's nobody telling me what to say. There's nobody telling me, reminding me to hit a commercial break. I know when to hit them. It's during the, it's during the, uh, the time between when teams change sides. Uh, there's, I, I, I actually completely, not only when I'm a baseball announcer, I'm not only the announcer, but I'm the complete producer. I play the spots. I cut up the sound. I log the commercials. It's a one man show and it's all me. And nobody tells me what to say. Nobody is in my ear. And that's why I would prefer baseball any day over wrestling. All right. Didn't expect that. Yeah. Uh, Brian wants to know, I got to ask, how did you develop such a fear of getting ass raped every time you leave the house? I don't know. I I think it's, I think it's something that, uh, was probably, I don't know if it's, you know, my, my, uh, my, uh, ancestors, um, were from Italy. My grandparents are from Italy. Oh no. Okay. And, and I can, I can only think that maybe that it was something that it was possibly handed down through generations in the Shivani family could have happened to them over in Italy. I don't know. You know, uh, I mean, you know, when you think of, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of butt fucking going on in Italy or not, but it's something that's just ingrained in my brain. And, uh, it may have been passed down through generations in the Shivani, or though it could have been passed down to generations in my mom's family, uh, as well. So I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. I want to okay. thank everybody for, uh, tuning in. Uh, <laughs> Is that, we're going to end on that one. Well, I mean, do you have one you'd like to ask yourself or something you'd like to talk about? I don't know where we go from here. <laughs> no, I mean, don't you think it would hurt? I. Uh, yeah, of course, of course it would, but it's not a concern. Look, like I'm not, I'm not leaving the house worried about it, man. Well, yeah, but okay. Have you ever, have you ever had constipation and, and then had to take this big old shit? What are we, our big country and, shit, a dusty big shit. country shit. And it really hurt coming out. And then your hemorrhoids flared up and you went to wipe yourself and there was a lot of blood. No. Okay. No, don't, no. Don't, I've never had that. No. Well, get, get ready, buddy. Why, get why, ready. why are you trying get to ready. put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> get get ready. Get ready when you uh when you turn when you hit your fifties, buddy. Get ready. It's gonna happen. And you're gonna say, Oh, and then that that's a terrible feeling. And <clears throat> I just don't want that feeling to happen uh on purpose. That's all. That's well, the best that I can explain well, it. Well it wouldn't be on per I mean, you're not signing no, up for it. Right? It would be on purpose if somebody would it would be on there. It would be their purpose. That would happen on purpose. They would have a purpose if they would. Do. I don't know. It's just a fear. Okay. 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 And mean- then again, you know, I mean, society is 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 nutty now. So you just uh, there's probably a lot of people out there uh, that would want to do that. 
that are not named Jay-Z. I don't know where we go from here. I don't know. I think it's about that time though. Yes. It's about that time. Happy 4th of July. (laughs) What are you doing? I guess I'm having an aneurysm again. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Happy new year, everybody. It's been a great 2018 and this year, 2019, we certainly hope you will tune in to what happened when remember this from your friend, Tony Schiavone, when you walk out of your house each and every day, make sure your butt cheeks are clenched tight because you never know. And we're out of time this week on what happened when on the MLW radio network, as well as on. Patron! This is Tim Schiavone reminding you, promotional consideration paid for by the following. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. It's Conrad Thompson and my dad, Tony Schiavone, with with even more. Including behind-the-scenes videos, live weekly chats, and new new content. (laughs) New content each week. Jesus. (laughs) And... (laughs) And by LoisRules.com. Get all your t-shirts from What Happened When right now. It's a site named after my mom? Yes, your mom. (laughs) Oh, cool. And by (laughs) BoxOfGimmits.com. Start the new year outright with the wrestling fans in your life. Show your support of What Happened When, Something to Wrestle With, and 83 Weeks. And by Best in Brewing Company, located in the western part of Atlanta. Why should we want to go there? Because I own it. (laughs) Very good.